You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. On the right side, taking Belaga's spot. Second down and two. Little flip here to Jones. Gets a block. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's inside the 10. And Jones down the sideline. He is in for the touchdown. Six to seven yards. This is seen man-to-man coverage on a linebacker on his money back. He does the same thing. A little short motion. Get him the ball. And there's just no way. That they can compete with Aaron Jones in that kind of space. All right, what's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865 658 5824. We're live on YouTube and Twitter tonight. Uh, just hop here, hop on here on Sunday to kind of do a little weekly recap and, and some of the things that's been discussed over the week. We're joined by Pack Daddy Ryan Schlipp from Packernet Podcast and also Jacob from the uh, Packernet Fantasy Podcast. And let's just kind of jump into it, guys. This feels reminiscent to last year. There seems to be a lot of media members, not just media members, former GMs, former players, kind of talking up this Packers defense, and I'm trying not to get overly excited. Ryan, do you feel any different about this defense, man, kind of going into 2023? Are you, you know, we, we kind of got our, our rear end handed to us, seeing that some people were saying they seen a top five defense coming out of camp last year. But uh, overall, I think against the pass, they performed perform pretty well. Um, obviously, the run struggle, whether that's by design or not, you know, kind of, Willing to give up the run, but not wanting to give up those big plays, man. How do you feel, dude? Testing your pulse right now. What's it feel like going into 2023 as far as this defense? Very pessimistic. Um, not really for any reason <laughs> in terms of intellect. It's just I'm I'm just tired of trying to get excited about this defense every year, thinking that maybe this will be different. It never is. Um, there was no excuse for what happened last year whatsoever. And... Um, so it's it's I'm just like most Packer fans. I think I'll believe it when I see it. Mode is kind of where I'm at because I know the talent's there. We had the talent last year. We've had the talent many years. We had the talent in 2019. Couldn't do anything with it. So um, we we need we need this to be a top five defense. And I think most of us are ready to settle for a top ten defense. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Jacob? 
Yeah, shocker. I'll be the uh, optimist. Brian will be the pessimist. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I do. This is the time of year where I'm always kind of a homer. But I will say that when you look at what we did last year, I was just talking about these stats. I was shocked to see that our top three um, defensive players with their sack totals was Preston Smith with eight and a half. Gary, obviously being injured, had six. And then Kenny Clark with four. And then behind that, it was Enig Barway with three. Jerron Reed with two and a half. Justin Hollins, two and a half. And then it's like a bunch of guys with one. Um, so when I look at that, I really think that our defense can take a, a large step to improve. If obviously we have Gary healthy, if we have Lucas Van Ness in there, if we have a different rotation between Wyatt and Slate and then a lot of these younger guys that are maybe a little more hungry and maybe they just, you know, what's, what's it now? Joe Barry's third year defense. So God, I don't know. I'm going to say third year. Is that right? Wow. Is that right? Or is it second? Is that, is that right, Jake? Or, uh, yeah, that's Brian? right. Wow. Okay. It's amazing. So I'm a little bit more hopeful. It feels like dog years. You know what I mean? Like everybody <laughs> talking about <laughs> how bad Barry is, you know, got John in the chat. John says Barry's defense plays way too soft. They need that killer instinct. Uh, man, I tell you in the past, when you look at the great defensive coordinators, it's, it's very rare. You find one, you go, well, he's even, even kill, right? They usually do have kind of that, that killer instinct that, you know, your Don Zimmers when he was with the Bengals, uh, you know, your Rex Ryan when he was with the, the Ravens, those type of guys. In my opinion, they don't make good head coaches, but you do kind of need that. Joe Barry does kind of seem a little Mr. Rogers-esque, doesn't he? Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> just walking around going, guys, we're going to play hard today. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know how much of that comes into play either, to be honest with you. I know that Michael Lombardi on the McAfee show, I was going to play it. It was just 30, sec uh, 30 seconds long, but I can pretty much give you guys the gist of what he said. He pointed out – that the defense only gave up 17 points in the last five games of 2022, which is true. We talked about down the stretch. They kind of turned it around a bit. And uh, Jair Alexander, like you pointed out the other day, Ryan, um, I think he had – didn't he have a career high in interceptions, five interceptions? Is that correct? Probably. I don't recall. I, pr I probably said it two days ago, and I already forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, you know, it's going to come down to turnovers. We've talked about it at nauseum. Um so I am uh, I'm excited to see if they kind of put that together. It's the uh, a tradition for me every year. I don't know if you guys do this or not, but I go out and buy the season preview every year, right? And I like Lindy's and Athlon, uh, Athlon Sports. So let's just kind of read here real quick. I want to talk about their scouting snapshot. This is what they say about the team going into 2023, and I'll try to read it on higher than a third-grade level. But it says, while Green Bay is home to the smallest market in the NFL, the Packers' offseason was anything but quiet. The Aaron Rodgers-Jets saga dragged out all the way leading up to the draft as the franchise is officially set to pass the torch to quarterback Jordan Love. With three years to learn behind A-Rod, he instilled enough confidence in the coaching staff to finally kick off the training wheels. Love will have the Packers in the hunt, and 4,000 yards along with 25 to 30 touchdowns is certainly attainable. The transition to Love would be especially smooth with emerging wide receivers Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Both players gave us a look into the future with their rookie performances. However, Love was re reportedly developed a tight rapport with Watson, who could be poised for the bigger season of the two. On defense, look for de uh, defensive tackle Devontae White to take a major leap forward in his development, primarily regulated, relegated I'm sorry, to backup duties as a rookie Wyatt came on strong towards the end of the season, showcasing his ability to be an effective run stopper. In addition to applying pressure uh, on the quarterback, he should he should see his playing time receive a big boost. Now, 
I'm hearing a lot of people kind of talk up the receivers, and and I don't know, man. I, if I remember correctly, they led the league in drops last year. And I don't mean to be a negative Nancy here, but that's that's kind of how I remember them, you know, playing out. When I looked up at the end of the season, Christian Watson came on strong. But it, it, am I wrong to think that Romeo Dobbs kind of struggled down the down the end? Do you remember it like that, Jacob? Yeah, I think he did, but I, I don't know if he got injured midway through the season. It wasn't a major injury, but it seemed like that when that happened, he kind of lost the momentum that he was supposedly doing. Mm-hmm. That's what Matt LaFleur like, said. Will say, yeah. Yeah. Did he? All right. But but now Matt's saying that – I know he's referring to him as Rome. He's, he's talking about Rome coming into camp and, like, he really impressed him in OTAs, right? Am I thinking right? Yeah, he yeah. the comment he made was he was really doing great. Then he got an injury and he never really got to see that side of him again. And now we're kind of seeing it. Now that could just be a coach saying stuff. I don't, you know, again, I'll believe it when I see it. But if that's the way he sees it, then hopefully he's right because we def we definitely got a good look at him um, doing some good stuff early on. Yeah, and Tim in the chat mm-hmm. says no more linebackers standing around! Exclamation point, man! I I watched something earlier and. Um, it's funny. We'll play the Greg Cosell clip here in a second. It's about four minutes long, but um, you know he was talking about he was impressed with Quay Walker's tape. And then I seen I, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but they showed a a uh, uh, basically a video of Quay Walker trying to set the edge, and it was just like he was just a half a step too late, right? So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand football better than Greg Cosell, someone who's been with NFL films since the 1970s. But I just didn't didn't really see. And, you know, that aspect of Quay Walker where I looked at the tape and went, wow, that's good tape. I love the violence he brings to the tackle and all that. But at the same time, it's like, man, you've it, it, you've seen some of these the great linebackers, your Luke Keekleys and, and even your Brian Erlackers back in the day. They had the physical ability to finish a play and, and get to the play, but they also just had that instinct where they were just one or, one or two steps ahead of the offense, you know. And I don't know if that comes from film study or what, but the one thing that Quay Walker can hang his hat on, in my opinion, is definitely the uh, the experience he got last year, right? So, um, Quay and Devontae Wyatt, that's, those are the two names that keeps getting brought up. And on offense, of course, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I love that Jaden Reed is kind of lying in the weeds right now, Ryan. I think this dude's going to come out. He's going to be a three-level player. He's a three-level receiver. And I think he's going to see a lot of playing time. I think that they're going to scheme up a lot for him. But at the same time, it is nice knowing that you got your young quarterback who's probably just going to spread the ball around, hit the open receiver, as opposed to trying to lock on one or two guys. But what do you think, man, as far as you know, any of those three players, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt on the defensive side of the ball, or uh, Jaden Reed? Um, are you trying to curb the enthusiasm with Reed? I imagine you probably are, right? I mean, I, I really like Reed. I mean, I, I came into this super excited about him. Um, but, you know, we got to see, you know, so far in OTAs, his name really didn't come up at all. There's, so there's he, – obviously he's still learning things, but how long is that going to take? You know, week one he still might, might, might not be where he needs to be to be that guy. He's still force-feeding, you know, Dobbs and all those guys. So I know he's got the physical ability to be a number one wide receiver. I mean, he's – my opinion is he's just a better version of Dobbs in every category. He's got better hands, better route runner, more speed. Everything Dobbs does, with the exception maybe of just his that beast physicality of of my ball, um, I, I think he's just a better receiver, and I'm excited about him. But he's got to get there first, you know. I mean, everybody's got potential. Jordan Love's got sky high potential, but he might never reach it. So, um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about Jaden Reed. I'm I'm not uh, I'm always going to say pump the brakes until we see it, but I I really like him, and I think he's going to be a good player at some point. 
Yeah, it's it's funny, man, because all this is building up. You could tell we're all like, you know, <laughs> one second we're excited, the next second we're like, we need to, yeah. And it's just like, can camp freaking get here already? Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, you want to know Jacob, one thing that was kind of thought was interesting? Um, yeah. Just to piggyback off that, I think I listened to that Greg Cosell um, snippet when it was with, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he actually said that he liked, uh, read but he also said that he was almost more impressed if it made it sound like that he was maybe a little more impressed with Dontavian Wicks which was yeah. nice to hear that from a guy like Cosell so shocker again I'll promote a late round wide receiver Sorry. <laughs> well let's do it let's just go ahead and share that like I said it's about four minutes long and Zane in the chat says nice little Packers total access for my birthday hey, happy, birthday, happy birthday Zane. <laughs> happy birthday dude I'll tell you why I'm still waiting for Janelle to pop back in the chat, man. She hasn't been back. She got in here and up like a milk cart and just left, which is funny. I got to tell this story and then we're going to listen to Greg Cosell. The other morning I got up and seen some cake on the counter, right? I'm like, all right, I'm going to have a piece of cake and some milk. I break out the milk and I go to pour this milk in a glass and it's chunk, 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 chunk. I was like, how did the milk? And I immediately was like, Mandy, how did the milk go bad? Like, what is this milk out of date? I look and there's like six days left. I'm like, and it's been in the fridge the whole time. I swear, crap you not, dude. The first thing that went through my mind was Janelle. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing about Janelle. What? No, yeah. So just some bad, some bad juju there with the milk, dude. Really ticked me off. But let's do it. Let's get into it. Greg Cosell and uh, Ross Tucker. For those of you who don't know, Ross Tucker spent uh, several years in the NFL. Uh, as an offensive lineman, a journey offensive lineman, I think he played with the Cowboys, the Bills, several several different teams. Uh, he's got a podcast; it's absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite podcasts. He has Greg Cosell on right now, breaking down each division. And this is, like I said, about a four minute clip specifically talking about the Packers. Let's check it out. Greg, let's talk Green Bay Packers. I mean, it's a small sample size for Jordan Love at this point. What What are your expectations? For him, Greg. Yeah, it, you know that's one of those things no one knows. I mean, the guy's been around now for three years. Um, I think they'll do a really good job of trying to help him with what they do offensively. A lot of play action. Um, they, they'll help try to help him with the use of personnel formations, so they feel that they can get the defense and some predictable fronts and coverages, which always helps a quarterback. Um, we know that they can line up and run the ball. Um, they still have Aaron Jones. They still have AJ Dillon. Uh, we don't know at all at this point how Love is working with the young receivers, Watson, uh, Romeo Dubs. Uh, they even drafted Jaden Reed from Michigan State in the second round, who's got some speed, has some explosive ability. Um, I actually liked Octavian Wicks, who they drafted in the fifth round, big receiver out of Virginia, who had a great year in 2021, and the whole Virginia offense kind of – was poor in 2022 and Wicks kind of fell victim to that, but they have a lot of young receivers. We just don't know how that's going to play out. They obviously drafted two tight ends. I mean, you know, there's so many unknowns and I think anybody who says they know Ross, just, uh, you don't know. I mean, I think love is talented. I think he can be a good quarterback. You know, the one thing we don't know is how he sees things in those critical situations when it's third and nine, does he see the field? Well, does the ball come out? Can he play with timing? Uh, can he throw it with precise ball location? These are unknowns as of now. You know, um, a concern of mine, Greg, I don't love that he's inexperienced and all their receivers are so young. Yep. You know, I, I guess I feel like I'd feel better about it if the receivers 
We're a little bit more experienced. That's a lot of inexperience. It's a lot. That's why we just don't know. You know, and that's why I'm saying anybody who says they know for sure, you just don't know. I mean, the Packers don't even know. They, no, they were they pretty don't. clear about that. I mean, Jordan Love has to play every single week for a while. You know, you know this, Ross. You played in the league for, what, six, seven, eight years? You know that where you really learn about a quarterback is when he does not have a good game on Sunday, and he's got to come back to practice on Wednesday, and he's got to be the same guy, and he's got to be upbeat, and he's got to, you know, he's got to command the huddle and do all those things that are separate from throwing a football. You know, the, all those other things. And everybody's looking at him at that point. You know that. You know how it works. And, you know, we don't know how he's going to respond to that. And also, Greg, what makes a player average versus good, good versus great, is consistency over a large sample size. Correct. Not two games or even four games. It's what did you do the whole year? Snap in, snap out, play in, play out. Anything jump out to you about their defense? Greg, they've got a lot of first-round picks over there. I mean, it's unbelievable. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. It's unbelievable. Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, Van Ness. uh, You know, I read that they're going to make Van Ness an outside backer. Look, they know more than I do. They're with him. I did not see Lucas Van Ness as that kind of player. I actually saw him more as a J.J. Watt kind of player. And I don't want people to think I'm saying he's exactly J.J. Watt. I'm talking stylistically, how he can be deployed in the context of a defense. I saw him as a defensive lineman who could play literally every position along the defensive front. I did not see him as an outside backer. But, hey, like I said, they're around him every day. Um, You know, they're obviously expecting Devontae Wyatt to take a significant step up uh, on the defensive line. He was a first-round pick. Quay Walker, I really liked his tape a lot. They've got a lot of length at linebacker. Walker, 6'4". Campbell, who's been a really good player in this league, Devondre Campbell, he's still there. Um, we know Jerry Alexander is a really good corner. Um, I thought they got really good play from Rudy Ford a year ago, and he's he's going to start at safety. So there's a lot of good players on this defense, and Joe Barry kind of features what would be considered the Vic Fangio mold. You know, I think that's his starting point. Um so we'll see. But you're right. They have a lot of high draft picks and players who should be good. All right. So there you go. That was, like I said, Greg Cosell and uh, Ross Tucker talking about the Packers a little bit. Man, I, I get fired up every time somebody brags on Rudy Ford, man. And <laughs> and then I hear Ryan's pod and I go, Clayton, you need to chill out. <laughs> chill out. Like, it's, it's one year and it wasn't even that consistent. Um, I just go back and watch the Dallas Cowboys game on loop. You know what I mean? It's just how it is. But <laughs> Tim, I know we got you on hold, buddy. We're going to go to you here in a second. Let's just kind of go around the horn there, uh, Ryan, with uh, anything. Anything stand out to you that that Ross and uh, and Greg were talking about there? Well, I mean, the, the big thing is, like they said, the unknowns. And I, I appreciate that they at least understand that unknown actually means unknown. It doesn't mean bad, you know. <laughs> It doesn't mean that these guys are going to be terrible. Now, they're, they're, they're right that you, you have to expect some complications, right? There are going to be some mistakes that are made at a higher rate probably than a team that's you know more experienced. But I mean, we saw that last year. I don't think we need to overstate that that's going to make it a disaster. They're going to call a play. They're going to run the play. They're going to execute the play. You know, they, they can handle that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really just it, – that's the part that sucks and, and makes me really want this to be training camp is I'm to the point now I have nothing left to say except – we don't know. We'll see. And freaking let's do something so we can actually comment on something that matters because I can only say I don't know so many times. Exactly. Jacob? 
Yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say, Ryan kind of just said it. I will maybe piggyback off that to an article or a, a YouTube video that Andy Herman did. We talked about it real quick, but one of his quote unquote Matt LaFleur's biggest coaching mistakes was that he didn't let the rookies get into the rotation early in the season and then keep them there. If they're not good, you have time to swap them out kind of thing. And he went in to do some specifics about how it took so long for Yash and Tom to start over Jake Hansen and Royce Newman. For instance, that was the opener against the Vikings in 2022. Um, he was talking about just some other stuff about Elton Jenkins not getting into the game when he should have and moving him in the right position. So that being said, when we have a lot of those guys so young and inexperienced, we don't have that option to keep guys like Jerron Reed and to keep guys like Dean Lowry in the lineup. Um, Sammy Watkins is stealing snaps from people for a long time. Guys like that, Robert or Randall Cobb, you know, just guys that like are just, we know what their ceiling is. We've already seen it and we have to give way to some other younger players to see what they possibly, what their, what their possibilities are. Yeah. Very well said, man. There's a lot of, a lot of uncertainty, but you know, like Ryan was talking about, some people immediately think that means things are going to go bad. Um, and it, I just don't understand that that topic. It's it's as if no team in the history of the National Football League has ever been in this position. It cracks me up. It's like, <laughs> let, let's just let's see what we got here, guys. Uh, Brambo in the chat says hi. We got uh, hello from Sweden. Go Pat Go, Dan. Yo. Appreciate you dropping by. Uh, Don in the chat. Don um, says yo hi. Hey Don, I want to say congratulations. If you guys have have not checked it out yet, I'm sure you have. If you're listening to our show. You, I'm sure you've listened to theirs. But they just uh, had their hundredth episode of Hey We Like Your Pod, um, an awesome, awesome podcast. Just kind of highlighting other podcasts. It's a great way to stay connected with the community and uh, and kind of see some other material. Hey, you know what what other contents out there? And these are all fellow Packer fans. But so uh, so excited for you guys and what you're doing over there. Really cool getting your hundredth episode in for sure. Let's go to Tim in Green Bay. We got on the line here. Tim, how you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, Clayton. Hey, guys. How's it going? Up, doing Tim? good, man. Doing good. Based off what we talked about and what you just heard Greg Cosell and uh, and Ross Tucker talking about, man, what do you think? Anything stick out to you? Um, well, first of all, I love the defense conversation. I'm a defensive guy, um, and I really think if this D can repeatedly give Jay Love and this offense the ball and get off the field on third down this year, we got a chance to run away with the division. I really, I really firmly believe that. Um, I kind of touched on it when I was watching the stream earlier because Ryan talked about this, I believe, last week on his podcast about, you know, so many plays we saw last year where we just see Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker kind of just watching the snap and they're kind of just like it, it looks like a they're spotting each other at the gym or something you know you're kind of just standing there not really involved in the play and it's like you know and it's like it's great you know i need a spotter that's cool and in a lot of ways you know devondre campbell kind of is that dude in that defense right but do you think i don't think it's a scheme thing or, or maybe it's a scheme thing i don't know and i don't want to finger point but there is something that has that has stymied the talent on this defense these last couple of years from really getting over that hump. And uh, I'd just be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Why do we see that? Like, I, I would love – I forgot what game it was. It was late in the season last year, but it, Quay Walker was going to get home any minute. They were, they were actually sending him up the middle, and it was just a matter of time before this guy was going to get home. Do, do you think maybe they need to, like, you know, really – reevaluate what's going on in the middle of that defense and how we're, how we're using those, those Mike and Sam linebackers. I'll tell you this, man, my, my answer is going to be very boring and I made it pretty well known all season last season. And I got 
absolutely crucified for it. <laughs> but when I watched the tape, I didn't find myself going, this scheme is trash. I found myself going, these players are not performing. Like like the, the clip I showed, told you earlier that the, the Zach guy on Twitter uh, tweeted out. And just seeing Quay get to the edge and not finish the play, right? Seeing Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and I think Rasul Douglas all missed tackles on one specific play because with the Fangio style and something that Greg Cosell talked about, you know, Joe Barry is a of the Vic Fangio mode. It doesn't mean that he's playing just like Vic Fangio, right? But what he means by the mode is the starting point. Two safeties on the shelf, and they play top down. That's how they play. You never know which side's going to spin. You never know which safety's going to end up in the box, although last year it did get a little bit predictable. Rudy Ford seemed to play a lot of center field. Now, whether or not it was the personnel in the package that, that dictated that, um, they're playing top down. And when, when you would see the safeties get in position to make the tackle, they would just whiff. And that led me to believe that when I seen the tape, I'm going, everybody was put in a position to win. We had a guy on Twitter that absolutely was bashing people for being mad at Quay Walker on a read option play. And I believe it may have been the Eagles game where you had Jalen Hurts run a read option. And the guy was like, oh, no, he his assignment was clean. Quay Walker did everything correct. I'm like, bro, the quarterback has the football 30 yards down the field, up the sideline, and Quay is looking in the opposite direction. Like, he doesn't even realize who has the ball. How are you going to convince me that that's a positive play for him? So when I, when I looked, Tim, when I looked at the tape – that's the majority of what I've seen. I've seen Eric Stokes deep balls down the sideline and the guy wasn't turning his head to make a play on the ball. I'm going, how, how is that on the defensive scheme and the coordinator? I, in my opinion, it just – it wasn't. You know, we've seen in the Washington game, we had every opportunity to win that Washington game. And I know Amari Rodgers fumbled a punt or a kickoff, whatever it was, and that was crucial mm-hmm. in that loss. But at the same time, we've seen Terry McLaurin absolutely – dominate Jair Alexander. We've seen him beat him on the wheel route. We've seen him beat him down the sideline for the touchdown catch. And it wasn't like Jair was just beat like a drum. He was on the ball. But at the same time, it's like that's the highest paid corner in the league, right? Right. And, again, that's me being nitpicky. That's me looking at the play and going, I don't see it being a schematic problem. But at the same time, Jair had, like we said, a career high five interceptions. So, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Do you you think it's scheme? you think it's uh, coordinator? What do you think, man? Well – Again, with the boring answers, I'm sure it's a mix of both. Uh, a lot of the intelligent people don't disagree. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people that break down scheme, and that's not me. And some of them are saying it's all Joe Barry, and some are saying it's the players. And I, I know for a fact the players were not executing, especially early on. That's really not debatable for me. We all watched it happen. But I also know, like Dust, uh, Dusty, I saw even today was talking about how you know it's one thing to sort of run a scheme in other words like i know how to call certain plays from fangio's scheme or whatever it's another thing to know how to adapt your scheme to your players and to the offense that you're playing and the situation you know that's all a part of it and his opinion and he, he his opinion is he doesn't think he can do it specifically about the linebackers though i'm actually of the opinion that they are being told to not be aggressive. I think that is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to stand and wait. And it does make sense a lot of times. Sometimes I'm screaming, go get them, and you'll get a read option type of thing. And it's like, oh, crap, if they would have you know, rushed a gap, we'd have been killed. You know, So it makes sense. But, but at the same time, whereas I feel like that makes sense, every other team I watch is aggressive, and they kill us constantly. Our, our guards 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline cannot get to the next level because of the aggression of the linebackers and our linebackers are constantly getting cut off because they're waiting so you know i, I know it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword you're, you're damned if you do damned if you don't but everyone else that i'm watching when i watch our offensive line and i mean i haven't seen one team do what we do their linebackers are aggressive and it kills us and and i don't know why we can't do it and maybe to your point it is a safety thing there's no safety valve that they trust behind them i don't know i'm not exactly sure what it is about what we do um, and I'm sure if I got my way, just like most things, if you just scream, I want it like playing man coverage or whatever, you're going to get killed if you just get what you want. But I, I just, I, I, I don't like watching it to where they just seem like they're being ineffective. It, it doesn't, it, it seems like we're just being too safe. We're scared of giving up the big play. So we're going to give them the, the four or five yards and, and just be okay with it. And I just don't like that. All this yeah. talk about first round picks, you should be excellent, not just not terrible. And it seems like our goal is not terrible. And I don't like that. Yeah, no, it, it does feel very, very, very much uh, bend but don't break, and that's kind of that that Fangio mold is, hey, look, we're we're not going to give you the big play pre-snap read. We're going to make you nickel and dime it down the field, and, and and I understand exactly what you're saying with the linebackers. It's, it's almost like as if they've been told, hey, look, play it safe here. It, it makes sense. They played a lot of double rat last year, and with the double rat, you know, you've got 
that that's that can stretch the middle of the field. That can put stress on the middle of the field as far as the defense. So maybe their priority was, hey, look, covering the pass a little more aggressively as mm-hmm. opposed to the run fit because you're going to play top down with the safety in the corner if you're on a, a cover six side of the field. But um, I don't know, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's definitely the equivalent. Like you were just saying, I was immediately thinking um, it's the equivalent to on the offensive side of the ball going, run the freaking ball, run the oh, ball. Right, and then they right. run it and get one yard, and you go, why aren't we passing? <laughs> You're right. You got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers at quarterback, and you hand the ball off. <laughs> it's hilarious, hilarious. And I'd also, like when you were talking about, it just feels like our linebackers aren't getting there. But on the other side of the ball, it's just they're always there. I immediately had a flashback to the Detroit Lions game because it was just every single play, the Lions, it was like they knew exactly what was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did a great job on a pod following that, breaking down the Lions game and and talking about how it just seems like the offensive linemen were being asked to do something they couldn't possibly do. Um, They couldn't get to that point. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm excited to see this offense. Was was that the play that had Lazard on the sweep? Yeah, well, that was one of them, yes, sir. Because <laughs> that stuck out of my mind. Whereas, yeah. you know, as much money. as it seems stupid, they knew that that was coming a hundred percent. They sniffed yeah. it out. And this is a perfect example, Jacob. When I seen that play unfold, you see everybody converge on it after I've watched it five hundred times, right? And being able to see it from the all twenty-two and everything else, it's like, why didn't we pass there? They bit completely on that reverse. If we faked yep. the reverse and passed, then it'd been a big play. But it's like. Yeah. How many times all year were we on Rodgers about, you know, with the RPO action and going, just run the freaking – you can see Elton Jenkins. There was a couple times Elton Jenkins got really animated towards Aaron Rodgers last year where he was just like – knowing the run was there, but he chose to go to the pass because of what me and Dusty talked about with that that pre-snap count. But, Jacob, anything you want to say there, and then we'll get uh, another word from Tim before we let him go. Uh, Just to stick on the defense, like um, I would be – amazed and really satisfied if we got maybe five edge defenders if we do get a guy like brenton cox who just by the way after watching a lot of people's summarization of him he is that he's just basically he has no mentality other than i'm gonna rush this quarterback for me and it seems like that was a hindrance to his defense quite a lot because he was either making a crazy highlight play or he was whiffing really really bad but take a guy like that and put him in a package like we used to have wasn't it nitro or something like that when we were doing capers back in the day just oh, yeah. like get as many edge rushers on the field as you can. And then maybe you start using Quay Walker as more of a Micah Parsons role where we're moving him around. We're letting him go off the edge, letting him a blitz through the middle on delayed blitzes. Cause I, we wouldn't see a lot of it from him, but I felt like what we did see showed that he was getting close to being able to get there. And I feel like we should just give him maybe a little more free will to just be that big athletic freak that he is. Yeah, absolutely. Utilize it, you know. Um, Zane in the chat said, I hope Quay don't get ejected next year. (laughs) That helps too. That that would help if he's actually in the game. I agree. Um, Yeah, (laughs) one of the packages, it may have been the one you were talking about, uh, Jacob, was the psycho package under Dom Capers. Psycho. Yeah, they have one down lineman and everybody. Actually, I think that lineman was actually standing up too and everybody was just moving and shit. That was fun. Psycho was nuts. That was fun. Like they came out of the huddle and just like wandered around the field. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, NASCAR was the other one too, where you just had four edge rushers NASCAR. down in the in the dirt. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. and I think you will see some NASCAR. I do this year. Uh, I think, and and I get excited over it, man. And it gives those big boys in the middle a, a breather, especially in a passing situation. Capers um, is Tim, awesome. Tim, you got anything else, buddy? Anything you want to talk about? Or <laughs> no, I just uh, I really appreciate uh, your input on that. Uh, kind of to your your point, Clayton and Ryan's as well. Is I think with. You know, especially speaking about the middle, like or that part of the field with uh, 
Quay and uh, Devondre Campbell, I think you're right. I mean, they're athletic linebackers, so it's natural to want to maybe drop them back in pass coverage with that athletic ability. And, um, you know, with Quay, hey, this is year two. We're going to we're gonna really see, um, you know, what changes have been made both on and off the field as far as um, his approach to the game because there's no debating that the talent level is there. It's the, the execution and the production. And, and to your point, Clayton, you can't, you can't scheme or coach effort and, and reading a play. I mean, to an extent, I guess you can, but, you know, at this level, the highest level there is, the fastest level there is, if you can't see what's going on and react, you're not going to be on the field very long, period. It's definitely what made the great players great. You know, Charles Woodson was just always one step ahead. You know, mm-hmm. um, some of the yep. some of the the best players in not just Green Bay history, but but the NFL. But yeah, um, I know this, uh, Jacob. You're about to uh, about to get excited over this one. There's been a, a lot of people talking about your boy uh, Brenton Cox. Um, there was uh, I always screw his name up, and I don't mean any disrespect. Is it Baroski Productions, whatever it is on? Uh, and YouTube, I'm, I'm really bad at that. Bazar, yeah, yeah. Basarski, I think is how he says it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's got great content. I really enjoy his YouTube yeah. channel. Y'all should check it out. Um, but he was talking about Brenton Cox and saying this guy's going to make the roster. Um, and you know, I don't want this to get controversial. And here, Ryan, right now is going, don't do it, Clayton. But I'm going to. So, <laughs> me and Jacob were talking offline. It's like, what did, what did he do that was so bad? Well, obviously, he got into a scuffle with teammates at one spot. But the other one with the arrest was for marijuana. And maybe it's just how I was raised. I don't know. But I immediately went, he got kicked off the team because of pot? Like, it's legal in half right. the states. Like, what do you – so that gave me a little bit more – I don't I don't want to say comfort, but it was just like, okay, maybe he's not as bad as we think he is, right, as far as from a uh, discipline standpoint. But I know a lot of people are talking about Brenton Cox. If, if he does stick to the team, right, and uh, and makes the roster. You're talking about an edge room that's potentially loaded. I mean, loaded because that dude, you know, there's no doubt about it that if he hadn't gotten the trouble he'd gotten in and stayed on the field, he would have probably been at least drafted in the top three rounds. Like, I mean, he has that kind of talent. I think it was Jacob I was asking the other day too. You go back, um, he was a five star athlete uh, coming out of high school. Like at each level, he was he was expected to be like a a physical, a uh, a dominant, just a, a high-production type player. So uh, have you come around on him yet, Ryan, or are you still still trying to curb the enthusiasm on Brenton Cox? No, I'm kind of where I was before. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got he's got a higher ceiling than you find with a lot of guys, but I I don't think um he could potentially make the roster. I'll 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 concede that, but I I don't think he's gonna be more than what we had in our normal number five edge rush type guys. Now, if you'll remember, because I wrote it down, uh, Ryan said that he'd have to see some – it was a, some, something about that honorable mention. And then the next day, I believe it was, is when Matt LaFleur went on and said that he was the most improved player from rookie camp to OTAs, I thought. So, there you go. Right. Just right. saying. Yeah. Fair we enough. Got some, we got some hope. Everybody's in on him. Um, in the <laughs> chat says NASCAR package with Gary Van S. Cox, Preston, and That's JJ. Awesome. That, would be, that, that would be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. And Steve in the chat here says, really excited about, about Brenton Cox Jr. And there it is, Bazaroski. 
is the name, I believe. So Bazaraski, however you want to say it. That's how we say it over here in the in the sticks. Um, <laughs> if Cox keeps his head straight, he will be the future for the Packers. He says in the chat. And Brambo says, like the stream. Well, we like you. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Tim, anything else, buddy, before we let you go? And no, I uh, I agree with that last comment about, about Cox. I think it applies to Quay Walker, too, honestly. Um, I I believe in Quay. I really do. And I and I think uh, this is going to be a year that we can see him mature. Um, but obviously, you know, we're talking about Cox, a lot of these other guys, you know, plenty of linebackers, plenty of linebackers. We talked about that last week um, as far as moving guys around. So I, I'm just excited for camp and, you know, especially, you know, that middle of camp when we start, you know, putting the pads on and we start seeing some, some hitting a little bit. So, uh, just excited. Appreciate you having me on. I'll jump off. Let someone else jump in. Oh, Tim, you're the man, dude. We appreciate you hopping on. I heard that snicker. You seen Ryan's grin. We know what it's about, and we appreciate you, buddy. You're the man. <laughs> Have a Thanks, good night, bro. All right, you two. Take care, guys. See ya. See it. All right. So Tim's out of here. Tim's awesome, man. I, I tell you, that's a guy that I can sit around and talk football with uh, all day long for sure. Um, that was hilarious, man. That was that was hard. That was <laughs> well. There you go. There you anyway. go. It's going to never stop. Ron, not Ryan. I was like, who's Ron? Yeah, it probably with my accent, it probably sounded like Ron. Um, but uh, all right. Uh, yeah, there it is. Elevated shine in the chat. Got it, too. We won't repeat it. But <laughs> All right. So just recapping what Greg Cosell said, just a couple of notes I had. <laughs> Y'all got to keep it together, boys. Let's act like we're Grow up. Matt LaFleur, uh, he said, you know, Matt LaFleur tried to get love in predictable fronts and coverage. I think that you will see that a lot. I think you're going to see more 12 personnel. We talked about, you know, whether you want to call it the F or the U tied in. There's so much terminology now. Um, just, just simply placing Luke Musgrave in the formation, even if he is detached. Um, there were some people, Ryan, that were real high on craft, and I'm going, I don't know, man, I don't – I don't expect Tucker Craft to just jump right into that Mercedes Lewis role. Maybe I'm underselling him. I, I kind of think they'll lean on DeGuara to do that a little bit. I know he's not Mercedes's, you know, size and everything, but um, another guy said, will this be the year that they uh, they asked DeGuara to put on five or ten pounds and, and actually have him play fullback, you know, um, that type of approach. But um, talking about being, you know, just getting love and predictable fronts and coverages. That's something that you've really got to key in on. You know, how are they going to play the under? How are they going to play the over when they bring a five man front, which is something that's becoming more popular. It's so cool how the NFL is cyclical. That's something that obviously the 46 defense with uh, Buddy Ryan in Chicago back in the day and, uh, you know, with the 85 Bears, that was really big with that five-man front. The Eagles used it a lot last year, not necessarily a 46 defense, but they really liked to bring a five-man front. He said he liked Tay Wicks. That's what Jacob was talking about, big receiver out of Virginia. Had another one, too. I made another note here, Ryan. It seems like the Packers really lean on two years removed tape, right, 2021. Tay Wicks looked good, had a down year in 2022. Lo and behold, the Packers – lean on a 2021 tape. So that might be a little bit of a gem there um, as well. Talked about Van Ness at outside linebacker. He said, I read that. So that, that makes, that puts me a little bit at ease. So maybe it's not something they're just going to, it's, you know, when I first heard Greg Cosell talk about that, I thought, oh crap, he's got inside information and they're just going to play him at outside linebacker. We're not going to see him on the defensive line, you know, Um, but it sounds like he just read that, which means that came from somebody in the media. That's, 
they're close in Green Bay, and they've probably seen him trying to man, which we expect that. We, we expect him at outside linebacker because Gary's probably not going to be ready for uh, week one. You heard anything else on Gary? Ryan, I think I ask you this every time we go live, man. What are you? How are you feeling right now? If you had to bet the farm, do you think he's going to be ready week one? Is it going to be week four? What do you think, man? Well, it's another thing that I always buy into the the hype about. Oh, you know, Bakhtiari will be back week one. Didn't freaking see him the whole year, but um, <laughs> you know, Rashawn supposedly might be ready week one. So I'm I'm just saying, I'm I'm bracing myself for midseason. I guess is kind of what I'm doing, and I'm. Uh oh, hoping for a lot yeah. earlier. There he went. A yeah, man of few words. There back. we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other thing he said, Jacob, about Van Ness, he said stylistically he sees J.J. Watt, and he immediately said, I'm not saying he's J.J. Watt. I'm just saying stylistically he can play all across that defensive line. Um, to me, that's exciting. I don't think it has anything to do with race. I don't think it has anything to do with, hey, this they're expecting him to be a, a absolute – dominant force on the defensive line it's just when you look at the tape of van ness you can see him push that pocket you see he can hold his own against the run the play where i was sold was somebody ran a read option it was on the chalk talk episode i broke down the play they ran the read option and not only did he set the edge forcing the quarterback to keep the ball then he slid in bounced in and actually made the tackle it was really really phenomenal so uh steve in the chat said ben Van Mess, I like that. Out there creating a Van Mess. I don't even think he meant to do that. <laughs> Van Mess is our TJ Watt. Trust this. Hey, write it down, boys. Steve said it. Um, I always wanted a JJ Watt on our team. Let's go. That one still hurts, dude. Still hurts. Because didn't we pass on JJ Watt? Am I thinking right? Or I thought it was TJ. TJ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was both of them. Like, JJ, that's probably true. JJ went we, real early, but maybe I don't know. Did he? Okay. Maybe I got that wrong. I'll check. Um, Why not? All right. Uh, let's see here. That's pretty much all I had as far as Greg Cosell. Jacob, anything else right there on that topic before we kind of switch gears? I want to talk about the secondary here in a second. Uh, one thing that I thought was cool, um, going back to the tight end conversation just real quick, thinking about whether it be DeGuara, Craft, um, uh, and obviously uh, Musgrave. If you look at there's this dude that I really think that you should get on the podcast um, and are on the video here. His name's Big Mac Breakdowns. I think I may have sent a video or two to either Ryan or yourself, but he has this last one where he breaks down a good 30 minutes of, of tape. He's really good. I'd say second best tape that I've seen breakdown guy other than our own Packers total access, Mr. Clayton. So I think if you guys got on the pod and talked about some stuff, it'd be really interesting. That being said, he did highlight how much the tight end is involved in the Packers game with their running game, just on different crack blocks and different assignments. And I saw more times than I want to admit that uh, who's the guy I hate so much. I shouldn't say I hate him. The fourth Tyler Davis. Tyler I just Davis. there were so many. I kept thinking every time I saw him on the screen, I'm like, oh, Clayton's gonna. If I do send this video to Clayton, <laughs> I'm just gonna hear crack block and blah 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 and uh, that sift sift block. Yeah. So it, it'd be cool, but um, it makes you think like, yeah, do we have that tight end that can really replace Mercedes? I don't know because he did a lot of damage to it. I think he definitely did fall off later in his career, but there was some tape on film where you still watch it and you're like, man, that was perfect for him. So big yeah. shoes to fill. Did you find it, Ryan? The J.J. Water no? Yeah, so actually he got drafted in 2011, so that was the year after we won the Super Bowl, so we were picking 32nd. So we definitely gotcha. didn't miss on, on Watt. Okay. He was drafted 11th. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I completely missed on that one. Um, all right, secondary. One of the things it says here in the Lindy's uh, preview, it says the Packers ranked 6th in the league in passing yards allowed, um, but 14th 
in opposing passer rating at 88.3. The trio of cornerbacks Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, and Eric Stokes rivals any in football. Alexander had a career-high five interceptions last year and had a best a team-best 14 passes defensed. Um, Douglas signed off of Arizona's practice squad in 2021, continued to shine with four interceptions and 13 passes defended. Uh, Stokes didn't play as well as his 2021 rookie season, then suffered season-ending ankle and knee injuries uh, midway through the year. <laughs> the safety position is a problem. <laughs> Where Adrian Amos wasn't re-signed and Darnell Savage was benched last year. Savage, an incredibly athletic but awful tackling fifth-year player, <laughs> will be given every opportunity to win back his job. Veterans Rudy Ford and Tarvarius Moore will also compete for a starting spot. They rated it a seven. So one of the high uh, one of the high points of the uh, of the defense for sure. Um, that really kind of caught me off guard. I, I knew they played better against the pass and the run. Kind of goes without saying, but the Packers ranked sixth in the league in passing yards allowed. Did you did you know that, Ryan? No, I haven't dug into those kinds of things. Uh, mostly because you know the end result, we know what that was. But um, no, that that kind of surprised me a little bit. It sounds like we're still the same defense we have been for a long time, which is sort of that bend don't break. You know, we'll give up, we'll give up some passing yards, but you know the passer rating. We rank pretty well because we don't give up the touchdowns and whatnot. Yeah. Jacob? Nah, I don't really have anything else to say. All right. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to go through the chat. Um, yeah, Andy just asked a question we talked about earlier. How many weeks of wait are you willing to endure to get a very good Rashawn back? Hmm. I, I just don't want it to turn into Bakhtiari, man. You know? And, and I don't think they necessarily rushed Bach back. I think something went wrong with the surgery, which that's when, when I hear people bashing Bach, it kind of, I, I kind of step back and go, we don't really know what happened there. You know, in the past, wasn't there, I don't know if this is the right name, but wasn't there a guy named Derek Sherrod that might've been a first round pick that we botched oh, yeah. the surgery? Darren, there? I, was it Darren Sherrod? It, I think it was yeah, Derek. 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 Okay. That was another one where like, the surgery got botched. So with Bach and them talking about, you know, they did the surgery, came back, and then, of course, the knee just kept filling up with fluid and everything. It leads me to believe, like, okay, did they do something wrong? That's why I'm not like, you know, box a bum, run him out of town, blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of sitting back going, I don't know, man. It, it seems like he was kind of a team player when it came to the way that that injury unfolded. But uh, I know this, he was talking about the offseason last year, uh, going going hiking in the desert somewhere or something. I'm going, what the heck are Jeez. we doing? Why are you? <laughs> cool. it, it just sounds brutal, right? In the middle of the desert out there walking on sand and and the knee still didn't feel right. Yeah, I bet it didn't. Get off your freaking knee. Was I, was I thinking about Darren College? Is that a guy? That's a guy. That was yeah. a guy. Yeah, he Is was it? a later round pick. Was he like a second or a third round pick maybe, Ryan? Am I thinking right? Don't worry about I'm it. I'm not sure where he got drafted. Yeah. I can't either. He, he, I didn't ever look at Darren College like he was a great offensive lineman. I never felt like he was the weakest link, but he was one of those guys I was kind of excited about when they drafted him and just didn't didn't seem to pan out. Um, let's see here. Steve in the chat said, we trade out and Pittsburgh took T.J. Watt. I was so pissed, uh, but, we, <laughs> we now, but now we get our T.J. Watt. Yeah, I know a lot of people talked about that trade back. Um, let's see here. Yeah, they're oh god, they're they're bringing all up the bad boys. Dave said TJ got passed over for a trade down for for Kevin King. Uh, <laughs> JJ was drafted very early, no chance for him, right? Okay, got it. And it was Derek Sherrod, like you said. All right, last thing I wanted to hit on 
They talk about special teams, and it's kind of confirmed what we were talking about. It's another – I don't want to call it a metric, but someone else who kind of grades grades and ranks special teams, he, he's seen a big improvement as well. As well. He said, first-year special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia, uh got these units headed in the right direction last year as they moved from 32nd to 22nd overall in Rick Goslin's rankings. The key to Green Bay's jump was return ace Keyshawn Nixon, who ranked first in the league with an average of 28.8 yards per kickoff return and had a 105-yard touchdown. The Packers drafted rookie Anders Carlson to replace Mason Crosby, the franchise's all-time scoring leader. Punter Pat O'Donnell was so-so, while free agent acquisition Matt Orzik is the front runner at long snapper. I think they believe that they fixed the holding issue with, uh, with their boy Pat O'Donnell. And, of course, the snapping issue got fixed. And now it sounds like they even seen Matt Orzik. I mean, obviously they did as a huge improvement over, I believe it was Jack Coco. So I think special teams, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes another step this year, Ryan. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, I, for some reason, I was thinking he was great at punt returns last year too. But I think I heard somebody recently say he was just kind of so-so at punt returns. Is that true, Ryan? Do you remember if he – I know he performed really good in kick return, but what, how was he in punt return? Um, yeah, that I know that's been my contention. Let me uh, pull up real quick if I can okay. find out where he was. All right, in the uh, chat here we got Brambo. Both. Take your time there. Uh, Brambo in the chat said, yep, uh, Chiefs lost, uh, lost, snapped his leg. What? We lost our it's first game. 11 and one, 11 and one college was second round. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, yeah. So uh, I got Keyshawn Nixon here. He had a uh, 92.8 kick return grade and a 66 punt return grade. Gotcha. So, and Jaden Reed, that was one of the things he did the best in college. So I, I would not be surprised if Jaden right. Reed is the punt return. And that kind of makes sense, right? Because if Keyshawn does play the slot and he's out there, it, now he doesn't have to go straight from the slot to punt return, but you can kind of keep him fresh for kick return as well. So, Ryan, are you able to see what week uh, Nixon took over? Because one of, again, Herman's biggest yeah. criticisms was uh, that Mari, I forget, Mari Rogers was back there for a good chunk of the year, and we had Nixon uh, blocking for him. So, Yeah, so week six was the first time he took a kick return. And I don't know, like, you know, because there was a rotation where he was in. I don't know when they gave him the full time, but – it looks like week eight against Buffalo, he had four kick returns. So probably about that point when he was the full-time guy. Got it. And Brambo in the chat, Ryan said, is uh, is Ryan playing StarCraft right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing uh, Mountain Blade. There you go. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's get ready to wrap this big bear up, man. We're at the 50-minute mark. Let's go around the horn. Jacob, anything else you want to hit on before we go, bro? Uh, I guess just – I want to see a resurgence of Aaron Jones. We didn't really highlight much about um, the running game, I guess, but I just, I really want to see the increased role, especially to take a lot of that pressure off of Jordan Love, off the young receivers, off the young tight ends. We get a stable offensive line that I'd like to see set in place because again, um, you look at just the absolute carousel that it was last year. It, it It's hard for these guys to start to develop rhythm and, and timing and, you know, obviously AJ Dillon needs to learn how to be use his body more and you know fall forward a little more. And but I just feel like if we can feature Aaron Jones as just number one running back, I want him getting at least fifteen to twenty carries a game. AJ Dillon's more like ten to thirteen, and then you use him a lot out of the backfield, dump offs, and a lot of like you know short crossing routes. And I think that that would be key to success. Yeah, and even with us, and I would agree with you, Jacob. I feel like he wasn't utilized 
enough, Aaron Jones, in a running game. Even with us saying that, he had a career high 1,121 yeah. rushing yards, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'd be excited about seeing that too. And I don't want to um, see Matt LaFleur ever go to the podium after a game and be like, oh, yeah, we should run Aaron Jones more. <laughs> That's, yeah. I love you how you are. <laughs> just drives me insane. That's know, a good dude. point. Every, I, every post game show, you're like, if I have to, if I have to see Matt Lafleur get up at the podium and talk about, yeah, we should do. That. Anyway, Ryan, what do you got before we get off here, bro? Uh, well, yeah. First of all, I agree with Aaron Jones. I mean, I, it it probably sounds a little unfair because you know he's been good to us. We should be good to him. But he, he, let's be honest, if his career is just about over with us, yeah. We don't really need to be in let's preserve him mode. You know what I mean? We don't need that whole let's do 13 carries because we got to preserve him for the next five years. If we're going to put a, a weight on him, let's do it. Let's Whatever tread he's got left on his tires, let's burn that thing out. Man, you know, <laughs> If we're going to be trading him next year anyways, why do we got to leave some for the next team? Let's just yeah. let's put that because he's, he's always sh- should have been that guy. And I respect the fact that he's he's as good as he is right now. Because we've done what we've done all the way back into McCarthy. He's getting 12 carries, 13 carries. It's the only reason he can continue to play at this level. But why are we doing that at this point? Give him the 20, 25, give him 30 carries. I don't care. And uh, let's actually capitalize on one of the most underutilized players in the NFL over the last however many years he's been here. The only other thing I wanted to add is way back in the beginning, we were talking about people that we are excited about. I think Christian Watson is not being talked about enough. He's being freaking dogged by everybody. Like, oh, that was a fluke. It's no big deal. I mean, as, as much as I'm excited about what maybe will happen with Wicks or what maybe will happen with Dobbs or what maybe will happen with Reed, Watson's not a maybe for me. Everything I've seen since week one last year, even when he wasn't being utilized, every single time I watched the game after the game, I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. Then you watch OTA tape, and just the way he moves is like, holy crap, this guy is good. And I, you know, again, we it's great we can talk about everybody else, but that's the one guy I got circled right now, just saying that dude, I, I have very little doubt, is gonna be a phenomenal football player. Yeah, and I love the fact that he's kind of flying under the radar. That's me personally. Yeah, I'm like, no, I, 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 I absolutely right. I want him to come out and just absolutely I mean, it, to me it looks like he's thickened up a little bit. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but it does it does legs. look like he's going on. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. We had the legs conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping right. track of that kind of stuff for you guys. <laughs> yeah. As we wrap up here, Brambo said, I really hope we see a ton of motion in the offense this year. Um, I'm eager to see how everything adjusts. I want to see more 12 personnel. But, yeah, there, I, I think you'll see as much, if not more, motion than you ever have. Um, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, see, uh, we'll see how it goes. What are y'all laughing about? Steven has a couple of the last two comments there. All right, we'll get to it. Here we go. <laughs> Zane in the chat said, have a good Sunday. Go, Pat, go. And I'm pretty sure this is the one right here. In order to get that motion that we're looking for, Dave says maybe LaFleur needs to do some ayahuasca. Um, I don't know about that. Could you imagine Matt LaFleur tripping on ayahuasca? He'd be the <laughs> nicest guy ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be over there trying to negotiate with the dragons and everything. Like, He'd be doing great, yeah. All right. Don says, go, Pat, go. And then uh, just so we can set some realistic expectations, uh, Steve Van Ness says, Watson will break all of Jerry Ross's records. <laughs> I like it. No, it's going well. And Don, of course, says, no, please don't give Matt LaFleur drugs. All right. This is officially off the rails. This show sucks. 
So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, uh, Tim and Green Bay, for dropping in. Everybody in the chat, you guys are awesome. Um, we'll probably be back here in a day or two. We're doing more and more live streams. Really enjoying it. Really appreciate the feedback on everything. Uh, it seems like we're ramping up here. We're getting good numbers on YouTube. If you guys would, though, help make sure that you're subscribing um, to the channel. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that pass through. I think they said something like 55% of the views we've had on the channel aren't subscribed, but they keep coming back. So um, if you guys are hearing this, just take a second, subscribe to the channel, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. That definitely helps out. And, of course, uh, for those of you listening on the pod, we, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go. On the fake. Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career for Christian Watson. You can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good.